This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Karen on from Greenhouse, and we'll be talking about their recruiting conference that they have coming up called Open. It's Greenhouse Open. Uh, I've been to it, uh, and I love it, and they're doing a wonderful hybrid kind of event where it's in in person at the Javits Center in New York as well as virtual. And I can't wait to talk to Karen about the event. So we'll just jump right in. Karen, would you introduce yourself and Greenhouse to the audience? Absolutely, William, thank you. It's so great to be with you. Um, I'm Karen Van Deren, Chief Marketing Officer of Greenhouse Software. For those who don't know Greenhouse, we're a hiring software company. We work with about, um, I would say almost 7,000 customers now who've all chosen Greenhouse to help make them better at hiring and to use our technology to help make hiring more fair and equitable. So one of the things I, I love about open and the the different types of opens that you, they've historically done, the last one I went to, I think was in 19. Um, what I love about it is it's not uh, a user conference. Like a lot of times when, when you right. have software companies, um, it's needed. Like uh, I've been to Ultimate, uh, Paychecks, and some of these large payroll companies. They actually have, they really do need user conferences. But this has uh, always been treated as a recruiting conference. This is a training and learning and development uh, related conference, just basically put on by Greenhouse and, and some other folks. But it's, it's a recruiting conference first. Could you tell us a little bit, you know, kind of, about, you know, you could have, you could easily have a, a user conference with 7,000 customers. Absolutely. You could easily have a, a user conference, but you've, you've chosen purposely to, to have a recruiting conference. Yeah, that's such a great point that you're making. And I appreciate you for calling that out. Um, Open is a recruiting conference because it is one of the ways in which we believe we can actually deliver on our mission. Our mission is basically we want to advance the entire industry and help companies become great at hiring. And to become great at hiring, it's not just um, sort of the um, block and tackle of recruiting. It's also about knowing about sort of the issues and the topics that affect hiring in general, whether you're a recruiter, whether you're a operations, recruiting operations person, whether you're a hiring manager, whether you're a business executive. And so we think about putting on this event and we structure the program in such a way that we create these layers of learning. So first and foremost, what's happening around us? What are the big issues, big trends that we're seeing, things that affect how hiring gets done? And second thing, what has, what's happening in the technology? We have a, a, a track in this program that's really about sort of the successes that companies are seeing using different kinds of hiring technology. And then there's a um, sort of a skills orientation. We have two workshop tracks that are really about the art and science of actually doing hiring. And so the combination of thought leadership, 
highly interactive, hands-on key kind of workshops and the technology perspective makes it a very rounded event. I love that. Well, it's, it's giving back in a way of like, you know, no one wants to take off time to, to learn something new. Yet, if we, if we don't learn something new as sourcers, recruiters, hiring managers, anyone in the hiring process, we kind of run the risk of, of, of you know, being outdated. Uh, with kind of what's going on. And one of the things I've loved about uh, previous opens is there's practitioners on stage, forward thinking, showing kind of, here's some of the things we've tried, here's things that we've done, et cetera. And, and it, you know, I, I can't kind of understate the learning uh, and training part of that for every, everybody listening to the show. It's just, you know, no one has time. Like, you know, I get it. You know, no one, no one has time. However, if you don't take time out to, to kind of redip and, uh, and learn something new, then uh, it'll catch up to you. And so, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what feedback have you gotten from, you know, attendees and speakers and things like that? Around, this, is, this is continuous improvement, continuous learning. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that year over year when we've done open, whether we've done it in this in-person large conference format, or even when we've done it as, a, as open forum, the virtual, um, the thing that is most valued is really actionable information. Yes, we're wanting to learn thought leadership, we want to understand context, but every person wants to walk away from something that they can go and to the office and implement as soon as they get back. So that very actionable and accessible information Second criteria, make it very practical. In other words, we all know the challenges that recruiters are facing, sourcing, interviewing, decision-making, reporting, all of these things. Don't just talk about it in broad strokes. Actually, get right into it. Talk about the workflows. Talk about the steps that you actually need to take. Talk about the metrics that you need to look out for. The third dimension, um, and, and actually, let me just back up. And in that context... Don't just give me sort of the greenhouse perspective. Actually, I'd like to hear what others are doing. And so that's one of the reasons why we have, I think of the 40 plus speakers that we have on the program, well nigh three quarters of those are all customers actually telling their stories and sharing how they have dealt with a particular problem and the solutions um, that work for them. Um, the third piece of the learning that is so valued around this sort of perpetual learning mindset is peer-to-peer -peer networking. Um, we try to create a lot of opportunity in the program for being able to sort of have a problem framed and kind of turning to your left and turning to your right and listening to the peers that you have around the table for how they are coming at that problem, what they would do. I think that this sort of mix of instruction and peer-to-peer -peer learning is one of the reasons why Greenhouse Open has always been such, such a success. I know we're all from a sort of a pandemic perspective. We've slightly forgotten how to network, but we don't forget how to learn. And so we're intentionally creating a program that is going to maximize learning. So it's socially awkward. I'll, I'll tell you, because uh, I went to Sherm Talent um, I was a couple of weeks ago in Denver and it's like being back in middle school yes. because yeah. you don't know if you shake hands, do you, do you hug, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Like everyone's doing something different. Right. Um, but, but 
you know, that aside, the awkwardness wears off really quickly because you go back to like, okay, but yeah, I, we've done this before. I've ridden the bike. Right. Um, it's the it's being able to have conversations with people. You can have a conversation over Zoom, which is great, but there's nothing like being able to just go have a conversation, walk and go have a coffee, go outside, talk, and like get real. And and you and 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 you know, again, it's just great learning. Because with your peers, they're doing things that you'd like to do, or you're doing things that they'd like to do, or yes. you failed at something that, that, yes. and, and you want them to avoid that failure. Like, it's just wonderful to put peers in a room. I think one of the things that I love um, for both prospects and customers, anybody that's thinking about uh, looking at a different ATS solution is the expo hall. You know, you've got folks in, in the expo hall itself, you've got folks that are already integrated with Greenhouse. And what I love about that is these are these are solutions to problems that you're not even thinking about. And they're or you're or you're or you're trying to figure out like, okay, we'll use this assessment or this background check or this, whatever it is. And this is a different thing. And now you can see how it works in the context of greenhouse or how right. it could work if you're a prospect in the, in a way it could work. What have you, what feedback have you gotten from attendees about the kind of the expo kind of seeing demos and being able to look at technology and go, well, we're not leveraging greenhouse. We're not leveraging our ATS in the way that we should, because we don't have these other tools. It's a great question. I'm actually, you made two comments. Um, I'd love to go back to the social awkwardness point, but I will, <laughs> uh, I'll speak about that in a minute. Um, as it relates to your question around the feedback for, as it relates to technology, we've certainly heard the value of demos and we've heard the benefits of being able to kind of uh, discover new technologies. But the thing that actually gets the most consistent feedback is I'd like to hear more of how other customers like me have used a particular technology. So what we've done and designed into this program this time around is we're almost, cre we've created a sort of a tech stack workshop track, if I can put it that way, where we have um, George LaRock from um, WorkTech is actually going to sort of be our anchor and lead for that particular um, track. And in that, we are going to have six partners who are not only going to talk about their product, but mostly going to be actually doing a sort of a case study with a greenhouse customer that shares some of their learnings and successes of using a particular technology. So Crosscheck is going to talk with eBay around quality of hire. Um, Checker is actually going to speak about fair chance hiring and specifically around their kind of individualized assessments and how that actually gives you know, talent that have um, typically not been able to access the corporate world a, a second chance. LinkedIn is going to be talking with Warby Parker. And so of all of the partners, um, our requirement of them was, please make your conversations not just about the product, but make it about the practice, your product in action. And I think that's going to be, you know, super valuable for people. And in that same track, we're also going to have a couple of conversations from Greenhouse customers focusing on the actual integration and the implementation of a new ATS, because we all know that we have to deal with those challenges 
Um, some are more complex than others. So we're also building into this program this time around a little bit more of an emphasis on how should you be thinking about services and how can you set up not only your team for success, but also the larger organization once you've decided to sort of, you know, bring on board a new ATS. So you've talked about experience, but oh, you want to get back to the social. I, I do. Do you yes. mind? No, no, no. Uh, so one of the things that, that triggered for me, aside from the sort of we all have to learn again to network, is just the notion of safety and kind of we're all a little bit apprehensive. We're both eager to be in an in-person environment, but we're also a little bit apprehensive. And then how do you communicate sort of your preference to others? And so there, I just want to take a moment to talk about the sort of the extra steps that we're taking around safety. Um, we are in the new part of the Jacob Javits in New York City. And if any of your listeners have not yet been there, it is so impressive. It's pretty cool to have, you know, big open space, definitely, you know, filters, air conditioning, hand sanitizers, all the things that you would expect from a big venue. But we're also going to do a couple of other things. Um, we are going to require vaccinations or at least proof of. Um, we're going to make masks optional, but if anyone wants to wear a mask, we'll even have some on hand. Um, and we are creating enough space for people to sort of feel like others are not sitting right on top of them. And we're going to have little pins and things available that you could like put on and like, yeah, I, I'm a hugger or no, I would prefer you to keep your distance. So, you know, those are some of the unspoken things that make life a little safer and a little easier in this post COVID way. And then the last thing I would say is um, we have thought a lot about things like food. And so prepackaged food, grab and go options, and also terraced areas where you could step out and have your lunch outside or, anytime you feel like you need fresh air. So these are really basic things, but I think they're gonna go a long way to helping us remember how good it is to be in person, but also to feel safe while we are in person. That's just smart. That's just really, really smart. I mean, the the vaccination, I got the fourth vaccination a couple of weeks ago. And oh, did it, you? Yeah, there was nothing. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it was super easy. Just went it's by good. CBS and just got stuck. Um, super easy. I like that. I also like the kind of the wayfinding of getting past some of that social awkwardness. Right. Because again, we, you know, shaking hands is like, okay, is it a fist bump? And, or, you know, is exactly. it, are we elbowing? Like, what are, what are we doing? So I love, I love just helping people navigate uh, some of that awkwardness because it will be awkward, but it'll be awkward for like five minutes and then, and then it won't be awkward. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about the experiences because you got, you're bifurcating with yes. in-person and, uh, and, and virtual. And so, you know, this is, uh, I think, I believe a Tuesday, Wednesday event. And so what, is it, what does it look like? We'll go through in-person. What, what does it look like for the in-person? And then we'll take a look at the virtual. Okay. So um, at the high level, I'm just going to describe the program because that will give us the structure for this. So we're doing, um, we're doing sort of four tracks. We're doing main stage, which, which is where most of the thought leadership conversations Many all of the keynotes will will unfold there. This track will obviously be in person, and it's going to be fantastic. In a minute, I will talk more about some of the speakers in this track. But this is the track that also will be live broadcast. So this is the track that folks who are not able to join us in person 
will be able to watch online and kind of have the full offering from Tuesday morning all the way through uh, Wednesday end of day. The second track is our technology track, sort of thinking about our tech stack. This is um, a slightly more workshop um, format. We are recording this track. And for everyone attending the conference in person, they'll obviously be able to ex exercise some choice which of these sessions they want to attend. We're recording them all, but we are not direct live streaming them. This particular track will actually be made available to everyone who signs up for the virtual event right after the conclusion of open. And so somebody saying, okay, I'd like to do this virtually, we'll have access to all main stage and all of the technology track. And then we have two critical tracks, which is our workshop, in-person workshop tracks. This is not available to the folks who are, who are signing in um, virtually. It's only available to those individuals attending open in-person. This is also the track where all of that in-person networking actually occurs. And um, as you might imagine, this is where if you're thinking about an effective workshop, you want to make it very, um, very engaging, very um, sort of pragmatic, somebody looking over your shoulder, say, don't, you know, do it like this, don't do it like that. Not exactly effective from a live stream perspective. And so we've decided to not muddy the waters too much. Um, we are encouraging people to come to open because the benefit of those two workshop tracks is not only the content, but also the peer networking. I love it. And I believe there's a, on, for the folks that are in person, there's a social on, the, uh, on Tuesday night. Well, you know, William, no event is complete without a really good party. I mean, <laughs> so yes, um, open is also known for being, you know, having a really good party. So we are absolutely planning for that. The fun thing about it is that it's going to be on the on the terraced rooftop, which is like a farm kind of rooftop at Jacob Javits. So you can see there's an amazing view of the city. Um, it's indoors and outdoors. So you can kind of choose your preference. There's entertainment, there's music, there's open bar, there's food. There's obviously all of the great people who would be attending. I'm so psyched for that. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm already looking forward to that. <laughs> so, so two things. Uh, one is is how do you how do you model an agenda for something like this? Like, what do you when you're going into this? Uh, folks that have never planned a, a yeah. conference like 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 this, it, it's months, if not a year, in advance, and then you're thinking about things. And of course, you could pick anything out of out of the out of thin air as an agenda or agenda topic, and what's important, what's not important, etc. How did, how, what was your process without giving away any secret sauce or any of that stuff, but just what was your process to get to the agenda you wanted to get to? You're not wrong by saying it's a more than a year long effort. <laughs> it definitely is that. And it's also about um, doing two things. I think we, we study the feedback from every open um, as well as all the other sort of customer events that we put on during the year, because what we're trying to understand is what is topical, what is, what is really fundamental and important if the, if the mindset of the person attending, the recruiter is like, I would like to get better at hiring and I would like to kind of make sure that not only for my company, but also I have professional benefit. So you think about um, in, in the architecture of the program becomes 
what's happening around us. So what are some of the thought leadership pieces? That's why we have keynotes that are ranging from the future of work and strategies that recruiters can deploy to actually create flywheels of productivity for themselves, all the way across DEI, um, the impact of machine learning on hiring, um, what's up on the horizon, think about programmatic advertising, um, and kind of learning from, from others in, in the form of panels and conversations where we have sessions with recruiters that are like, what are the best practices? Um, and, and as I mentioned, make sure that it is very grounded in what companies and customers are actually experiencing. On the workshop side, we look at some of the core skills and we recognize that, and, and I'm not, yeah, basically just saying, recognizing that recruiters will fall into two camps. Those who feel that they are still very much starting out and learning in a foundational way, and then those recruiters that feel that they are a little bit more advanced and are interested in slightly more strategic or complex um, uh, skill sets. And so the workshops are um, structured in that way. On the foundational side, we have um, two, the workshop is collaborative hiring. And inside of collaborative hiring, we'll touch on those skills that I mentioned earlier. We'll start at sourcing. We'll go into what you need to think about from an interviewing perspective. We'll touch on the best issues and the real challenges inside of decision-making, especially collaborative decision-making. And we'll think about metrics and reporting. And then on the inclusive hiring side, we'll do the exact same structure, sourcing, interviewing, decision-making, and reporting. But here the emphasis is on how do you how do you design for a process that will be uh, that will not be kind of riddled with bias? How do you address um, fairness and equity inside of that process? What are some of the workflows? What are some of the watchouts? Again, each one of those things always illustrated by a customer story. And you asked about sort of what goes into program design. You sort of have to also reward people for their investment in time. And so at Open, we're actually launching something that we've never done before, which is we are going to have greenhouse badging for the first time. So we're launching badges for, um, you know, sort of educational sessions um, you, th that you've participated in, a level of, you know, interaction and completion. And we structured the program in such a way that for these two workshops, they basically run on both days. Uh, and so that uh, any individual attending the program can actually have the time to enter, to earn a badge for, for the four workshops inside of either collaborative or inclusive or both, if that's what they um, desire. And then I know that my answer is going on very long, but just no, the last piece around technology is like, if you think about technology, one of the things that we do is we do look at where are the um, where are the sort of uh, integrations that a lot of our customers ask about, or where um, some of our um, customer preferred partner um, integrations are? And so we try to steer an, an interesting path between what we know is in high demand and also what we would like our audience to learn about. Um, and so. When you put those three things together, you get more than 40 sessions. You get two days of bumper to, you know, bumper uh, crop full of content. And you just get a, a collection of sessions where when you scan your finger down the program, you're like, 
oh my God, my choices, how am I going to make these choices? And that, in my opinion, is a first world first problem. So what is after, at, at, you know, there's always a postmortem. So after these events, what's success for you? Or maybe even you do this before where you kind of defined, you know, goals and things like that. What's, what's success for you? In, an, in this post-COVID world, success is not, oh, how many people, how, you know, how, many, how many days. Success is, did we facilitate learning? And in the feedback on, on, on open, would people tell us that by virtue of an NPS score, that this was a valuable way to spend their time? We are deeply aware of the of the fact that recruiters are probably the busiest people in the world like there is no problem that hiring cannot solve but often oftentimes you know so the recruiters are standing in the fire and so making sure that our feedback and our metrics is about the value of the program and the quality of the interactions that people had while they were at open that is what success is about so learning learning and interaction. I love that. Two, two other things that are, you know, you mentioned something about uh, learning and especially recruiters being in the fire, but, you know, I don't want that to be a cop-out for, for folks that are listening to this for not learning. Like we're busy, stated and covered. Everyone's yeah. busy. Sourcers are busy. Hiring managers, busy. Recruiters, busy. It doesn't matter if they're in staffing or corporate or, or executive search or wherever they might lie. Everyone's busy, but you're never too busy to learn. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. Like when we, we talk about, oh, you know, we're busy. Like uh, we had an event in March that was predicated on recruiters, recruiting recruiters. Like we had an entire event, uh, almost 6,000 people at the event where it was just about how do you recruit sourcers and how do you recruit hiring, uh, hiring, uh, recruiters. Right. And so stated and covered, busy, got it. But I, you're never I'm too sorry. busy to learn. Absolutely. I want to echo that so hard. And I would say, if you don't learn, you can be busy, but you will not be effective. And so one of the things that an event like Open does, it, it helps you fill your bucket. It helps you replenish your skill sets. And also, it inspires you because you're learning from people that you might not come across in your everyday. You're learning from people who are in companies like you. So you have a sense of almost like a guarantee that this information is implementable. Um, and you're learning from your peers and you're finding ways to actually sort of see that you're doing a good job and that you're able to kind of identify those areas in which you might be able to do a better job in the future. So I find these events, it's always a bit of a, a hassle before you like plan to go, oh God, it's going to be two days. What am I going to do? But I haven't, I, you know, I really believe that when you come away from it, you recognize how worthwhile it was. And I am absolutely confident that that is going to be the case with open this year. I love it. So uh, if you can say uh, what, if you're launching something, and again, if it's a surprise, then don't say anything because I don't want, I don't want, I don't want it. To, I, want to, <laughs> I, I sign a bunch of uh, 
of uh, NDAs. Uh, NDAs and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I I don't want to I don't want to get any trouble. But if are you launching anything at Open that you can talk about, William? We are launching something at Open, and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> dramatic dramatic, <laughs> dramatic foreshadowing <laughs> all right good uh, there's no uh, drum roll here but no, you, know, no, you and no. i can talk about this after the fact but no no, no fair, fair enough the the other thing is uh, you know a while back y'all wrote a wonderful book uh talent makers and i'm not sure because of everything that happened you know in the last two plus years i'm not sure people uh, got the book or read the book or, or had the opportunity to consume it. It was wonderful. I, I read it cover to cover and it was just great information and great learning, great stories, etc. cetera. Um, we all, we all have access to the, the book at the, at the conference. Thank you for reading the book and for those kind words. Really sure. appreciate that. Um, Talent makers was a big deal. And actually the power of learning in this way is something that, a lot of people do. So we have got something very special that we're doing for Open this year. We've actually got a Talent Makers book club that's going to take place um, every day. Um, so during the lunch hour, one to two, every day, we're going to run the Talent Makers book club. And we've invited a handful of, of um, books and authors to actually join us. So on day one, we're going to have Stacey Gordon, whose book Unbiased, um, Laurie Rotterman, whose book is called Betting on You and really focuses on burnout and, and kind of how to ensure that you that recruiters are able to renew themselves. And Tim Sackett with his book, um, The Talent Fix. They're going to be our authors on the first book club uh, on the Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, our book club is going to have Dan and John, who, as you know, and as you mentioned, wrote Talent Makers. We'll have Lars Schmidt, who wrote um, Redefining HR. And we'll also have Stella Lupashore. Her book literally just came out called Humans at Work. And it's all about how work has changed and how kind of how we think about work um, needs to change uh, appropriately. So th that will be the second batch of authors. And I think we will have book copies available. We will have time for interesting conversation. And I think... In terms of program design, it just adds another layer of really topical and relevant content for our attendees to engage with. I love it. I can't wait. So thank you so much. I know you're crazy busy. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking a little bit about Open. Thank you for, for having me, William. I really appreciate it. And I didn't even tell the audience, but you're going to do the coolest session. Um, just a little plug here for everyone listening. Um, William is going to do a um, role play in collaboration. You are not going to absolutely want to make sure that you don't miss this because the goal of that session is how to strengthen collaboration between recruiters and hiring managers, which, as we all know, is the partnership in business. So thank you for that, William. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.